0: Hello humans, it's Rob here with Not A Robot Podcast, DC Comics Review Show number 134, the world's greatest comic show about the world's greatest superheroes, and with me as always is Brandon.
1: Hello everybody.
2: And Josh. What would you do for some good comics? I'd, uh, I'd pay the shit out of them. I'd go to the comic shop. That's I'd all you Brave of Blizzard. Brave of Blizzard. Would you buy them on Amazon? It, yeah, if,
0: if Comixology was working. <laughs> yeah. So, if you ever want to get in touch with us and complain about our bad jokes, just send us an email to <laughs> comics at notarobotpodcast.com, and you can get us on twitter as well at NotRobotComics and instagram at nar comic books plenty of avenues to tell us how silly we are and if you feel like supporting us visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash nar podcasts where you can get access to our discord server and you can talk to us and other fans about all things geek movies tv comics animation
2: oh, we got a lot of channels we really do oh all kinds of channels
0: yeah talk about all sorts of honestly again this week's been kind of quiet but (laughs) we tend to
2: talk about all sorts of stuff more often than not marvel snap has been a big thing yes we were even talking about on the screens podcast uh no really (laughs) just the other day yeah yeah it's on the screen
0: (laughs) yeah fair enough all right as for today's comics or this week's comics i'll say we are looking at batman inc number five lazarus dark planet's or, sorry, Lazarus Planet Dark Fate number one, Wildcats number four, Batgirls number 15, and I Am Batman number 18, as well as a couple of honorable mentions. And I love seeing a number spread like that, especially in other weeks when we have issues in the hundreds. I love... I don't know if you guys feel the same way. When I see a number spread like that, it feels like... You know, obviously this company's been around for 80 years, but I, I see history there, you know? Whereas... You know when they they do a reboot like at the beginning of Neo Fifty Two was kind of weird. Everything was the same number, and with Infinite Frontier, everything was the same number. It was all number one, number two, number three, week in and week out, and it just felt weird. But when you have well, like issue one hundred and twenty six, and then issue eighteen, and then issue two of like three different books
2: in the same week, it feels good. It does.
1: Yeah, it's got yeah. a little weight
0: to it. <clears throat> yeah.
2: The only thing. The only thing that I is. Don't renumber the books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that gets on my nerves. Talking to yeah. Spider Man. <laughs> well, there's
0: one thing about Marvel I appreciate with their numbering. They may constantly do renumberings, but they put the legacy number as well, so you you have two issue numbers there. And I think Spider Man, the current ASM, got to number five, I think, and it was issue six hundred and fifty, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. So that they do both of that. And I think DC could do that too or should do that too. Or just stick to OG numbering like they have with Wonder Woman and Flash.
2: Which is also good. Yeah. Not a big fan of like renumbering Superman to number one. It's like yeah. oh, but it's a big huge thing. But there's why do it? It's not yeah. a brand it's not it's not a brand new character. It's not a brand new idea. It's not it's not Batman Inc., it's not Producing a Wildcat's ongoing. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Well, I guess it's a little here, but I'm not that messed up about it. It's just it's just one of those pet peeves that I have. Yeah. Renumbering comics. Yeah. I get Hopefully annoyed by that like like page. Brandon gets annoyed by the hyphen in Spider Man. <laughs> oh. But do I get annoyed by that? Oh, I think it was Kirk. Yeah, I was trying oh, to oh, oh, was it Kirk? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. One it day was... I just went overboard hyphening everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love hyphen spy hyphen Durman.
0: Yeah, right, that's my favorite. <laughs> All right, so Durman Spy Durman. Oh man! All right, so apart from interesting comic book numbering etiquettes. What's going on with you guys? Any uh, newsworthy things going on?
2: No, my uh, my following week is about to be all chewed up because the kids got about four days off for their, I don't know, spring vacation. It's some kind of vacation uh, yeah. coming up. but uh, So I'm going to be playing a, a whole bunch of uh, Minecraft and Mario Kart, right it looks like. Nice. <laughs> um, as far as news out in the world, though, goes, I did happen to... Um, stumble upon just one little piece of news. Um, For some reason WB is going to be opening up another streaming service. It looks Uh, like it's going to be called WBTV and it's going to be completely free ad-based streaming like Tubi or Roku. Um, I don't get that but uh, apparently the thought is, is that syndicated TV shows that aren't their premium content will be moving to stuff like that, including their children's uh, including their children's shows. Um, so, I mean, I guess that makes sense. If their children's shows include BTOS, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt that it does. But check this out. I got a question about that little piece of news. Um, I was talking to Holly just the other day, and I was thinking man there are still a lot of people that don't want to go to the theater there's people like me that, that have a hard time uh, a trip there is typically $60 or more for two people if yeah. you if you both want to get popcorn and drink that's a lot of money man so my question is my idea is what if movies released on the same day in the theaters and on HBO Max but the cost for that movie on HBO Max is $35. You get to keep it until it's fully watched one time or for a total of 3 days, whichever comes first. Uh, that way the studio gets money coming from both sides that way. Yeah. And I mean for, for you know like hell get, getting out is a, is a bit difficult for me and especially in places like movie theaters unless I want to sit way down in the front row. And and stare up at the ceiling the whole damn time for three plus hours, um, which is not fun. I'm a back of the I'm a back of the theater kind of guy, and uh, I just I think that that I think that would be a good way for them to make money and to open up the uh, open up the market even more. That's would so- you guys <clears throat> would you pay thirty five dollars to uh, pay per view the upcoming Blue Beetle movie at the end of this year? Instead oh, of maybe. going to the theater, maybe because that,
0: that's a model that Disney Plus has kind of adopted. Uh, not in the same sense they've they've got their premium uh, they that they've done premium uh, video on demand early, um, like they did with Mulan, the Mulan live action remake, and I know something else had it too. I don't remember what else. A couple other movies they did where you, it was well after it was out of the theater. Um, but before they were going to release it for free on Disney Plus you could pay money to watch it early which that like kind of model accents. is kind of silly Yeah, to me that model is really silly uh, the way you describe yeah. it I think makes a lot more sense you get both
2: ends of the stick right away yep you get more people wanting to get in there See, okay, so even further, and I don't know why this turned into a business meeting, but let's say it's $35 <laughs> for people who are already subscribers, and if you're not a subscriber, then it's going to be $45 or even 50 bucks. So that'll get people signing up for the service plus paying a premium for that movie that they do only get to watch one time. I mean, I, I think I think it's a great idea. Brandon, can can I get you to make this happen?
1: Um, I mean, I guess if it if that's something that people would want, I personally would not do that because I very much enjoy the experience of going to the theater. Um, plus, you know, thirty five dollars for essentially one movie for rental seems kind of yeah, it's a steep really price. expensive. That's a steep price. Um, and it, it might be more accommodating for people with families, but if you're just going with like you know, say you and you know your girlfriend or like another friend it's just you you know two people like that's it would be it would be cheaper for the two of us to go together than it would be you know to just buy it at home so what? that's – it just it kind of depends on the the model yeah i mean a movie ticket here is like 10 dollars 11 so Shut the up. two of us that would be you know somewhere between 20 25 bucks why
2: in the fuck are they 20 is... something plus here <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're like something's in the water and it, it yeah. dollars to thirty dollars the for
2: right? a pair of. Yeah, that's true. It depends on the screen. Fifteen to thirty dollars for cause... a pair of tickets, and then thirty plus for your popcorn, drinks, and whatever. Up yeah. here at Cineplex, well. you have depending
0: on the screen you're going to, there's five different prices. Whether you go see basic, or you go see 3D, you go see IMAX, you go see Ultra AVX, and then some next VIP shit and you could pay anywhere from $12 to $25-30 for a ticket. So it might depend yeah, I, on the quality it, of the screen. It might, yeah. I don't know that
1: I've ever paid, you know, more than $20 for a single ticket, but yeah, you might be right that it's it just depends on the quality of, you know, the the movie type or whatever.
2: Um, yeah. But yeah. Wow. I'm sitting here hella jealous.
1: Also, I will say if you're buying popcorn at the movie theater, that's a rookie mistake. You should never be buying popcorn or any kind of snacks at the movie theater. You always get it from the supermarket. I learned that from <laughs> my parents years ago, and I have not relented on that since. I don't think I've bought concession food in 10 years, probably.
0: The, this the only time that works at a movie theater. <laughs> yep. And I and
1: I hold by that. <laughs> I'm like, don't buy it. It's a scam. <laughs> I don't care if I get it's, fired. It's from what that. pays your but salary, it man. It's so good.
0: Yeah the pop, movie, movie theater popcorn is the best popcorn you'll ever have it, you could probably it really make is
1: better, you could probably make better or equal
0: popcorn at home and bring I've it I've tried and I hate my popcorn <laughs> the movie theater popcorn is so popular around here you can get it ordered in on Uber Eats oh my god yeah, whoa I, I never insane. I never like concession food it yeah.
1: is a, a scam and a half if you're paying like 975 for a hot dog, I'm
0: sorry, you are the sucker. <laughs> I mean, I, I would never buy a hot dog. I'm only going for combos, and I go for combos to get me extra scene <laughs> points.
2: Yeah, see that's you're looking for is popcorn and soda and candy. You are not supposed to buy anything warm at a movie theater and don't, people don't, are like, "Well, candy. wait a second, you cook popcorn, yeah, but it's cold by the time it gets to you."
0: Yeah. Hmm. wait so if well i know Brandon, you just said don't buy candy but if it's okay say hypothetically you get a combo <laughs> you get a popcorn two drinks and I a little guess, bag yeah, of candy i guess if
1: it's a combo but i would never Do, i would never singularly buy candy
0: no again, my, would, my dad used to like he wouldn't buy popcorn yeah. he'd get a pack of twizzlers every time and that was his movie theater snack hmm. but that's it and a bottle of coke that was it it was Probably the cheapest option at concessions, and is also what he likes. But that I digress. That's neither here nor there. uh So, hypothetically, you get your bag of popcorn. Say it's a large bag of popcorn. You get your bag of candy, two drinks, between the two of you is on a date, right? Do you put that candy in the cup holder so you can share it, or do you put that bag of candy in the popcorn bag and mix that shit around? Depends
2: it's on what candy the candy is. Holder.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think popcorn and candy is a, is a good mix.
2: At least in one. Popcorn. Popcorn and chocolate is a good mix. I see like, Brandon, I, I was like... on
0: that trip too. For years I never did it until
2: I saw it on Mr. Robot and it changed my fucking <laughs> life. <laughs> I I'll I'll mix popcorn and M&Ms. Cool. Yeah. Popcorns and Skittles? Fuck no. No, that's a it's bad got, It's got it's <laughs> got to be it's got to be chocolate. It's got to be true. chocolate.
0: Yeah. That's virtue Claude hoppers. Is that what they're called now?
2: Or what? is that the old name? What? <laughs> I might be dating myself right now. <laughs> I'm older than you and I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. It's
0: uh those like lumps of chocolate and like pretzel and some shit.
1: I didn't realise that was a candy. I know that's like an old kind of outdated <sighs> oh,
0: saying God. for you know, a pair of chunky shoes. That might be where they got it from. <laughs> mm. It's definitely a different name now. Clawhopper's yeah. candy
2: that's a Canadian thing Clusters okay yeah, clusters, Chris, and, yeah.
0: Chris and Larry's Clodhoppers was what it used to be called I don't think we have that anymore but yeah like I think now it's called Clusters it's the same thing um,
2: Clusters we have here oh in yeah Clodhoppers the- apparently in, in movie theaters only show. yeah uh,
0: those with popcorn are really good I imagine yeah
2: you know what else is really good? Damn. What? Not What's Danger up? Street. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Before we get into that, I actually do have some news. <laughs> uh, I, <as> well. <laughs> uh, shoot, we might shoot. have
1: the, the same news, though. So it'll be it'll be
0: interesting to hear what yours is. Uh well, mine um I was debating on bringing up that that age debate that we had the other day at DC posted. <laughs> Uh, fake dating profiles of various characters with their ages on, which that's that's a whole discussion in itself. So we'll save yeah, that for I another time. I feel like
1: time. that's that's a that's a debate that you can have with us on Discord if you go to exactly. our Patreon and donate every month or Definitely. something like that.
0: What
2: Brandon said. I agree. Yes, give us money. Get into the Discord and exactly. get in on all the weird, fun talks that we have and tell us
0: why or why not John Stewart is 28 Stephanie Brown is 18 or 20 and whether or not Tim is older or younger
2: all of anyway, that is so wrong
1: you were saying <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay uh. <laughs> so uh, the news I discovered and I shared with you guys earlier this week Poison Ivy Has been upgraded yet again. Halla friggin' Louya. Glorious Willow Wilson has done it again. It's now an ongoing series with issue 13 dropping in June. I'm excited. Me too. I can't wait. We we did get a little snippet of a solicit for what's going to be happening post issue 12. And it looks really interesting and a lot of fun. It's, It's
2: exciting. This is a damn good book. It's got editorials showing a whole lot of faith yeah. in a book um, that was supposed to be only six issues to begin with. Yeah, and then you get another six, and now you're just like, well, however many until your sales dip. I'm, I'm, I'm about that. That's, that's got to feel damn good for Wilson, or hell for anybody that that happens to. Yeah.
0: And it also is a sign to us readers that if there's a mini that they're putting out that you want them to put it as an ongoing, get out there, pre-order it, buy the book, and let them see those sales. And it tells them that you want to see more of that book. That's what happened with Boys and Ivy. Like Josh said, it was six issues. Then it was 12. Now it's forever. We'll see. But and forever you know, is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh that that's about all I had. Now Josh wanted me to talk about my new the Green Lantern Grant Morrison thoughts. Yes. But I wanna hear what Brandon has to say first. What news <clears> do you <throat> have?
1: Well this one is not much of a surprise, but it it's definitely worth mentioning, um, just you know, to kinda keep people aware of stuff, but uh, DC, in the spirit of the Dawn of the DCU, announced three new books um, both for the Dawn of the DCU initiative but also for Asian American slash uh, Pacific Islander Awareness Month and I think pretty much everyone saw this coming if they read last week's um, Lazarus Planet tie-in but uh, it's three new titles that will be spinning out of some of the stories um, from last week and actually from this week too which we'll get into a little bit later but the first one is Spirit World, which is spinning out of this week's Lazarus Planet tie in. Um, and that will be written by Alyssa Wong with art from Haining. Um, and I don't want to give away too much about the details because it's kind of spoiling the story from this week's Lazarus Planet. But suffice it to say, this will be a continuation of that story. Um, and. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of curious if it'll have any connections to the Jack Kirby Spirit World title that lasted exactly one issue. Probably won't because that was an anthology, <laughs> but it would be funny if they had like a little, you know, tongue in cheek reference to it. Uh, the yeah, second is tip the of Vigil. That. Yeah. The The second is the Vigil from Ramvi and Lalit Kumar Sharma. This is going to be featuring the new Vigil team, which are a meta human research and tech team that basically are trying to stop any kind of uh, extraneous metahuman threats around the DCU. Seems like a cool concept. It's kind of what they were aiming at in the short story that we got last week, but this will get a little bit more detail. And we actually get names of some of the characters, which is nice. So the visual will consist of the following characters, Arclight, Saya, Dodge, and Castle. Who is who? i guess we'll just have to wait and see but at least we have a little bit more information regarding what this team is actually about um and i should mention the vigil is uh coming out may 16th 2023 and spirit world is coming out may 9th 2023 and rounding out this trio of books again not a surprise at all is city boy coming out may 23rd 2023 from greg Pak and minky young with sunny go doing the colors and this one pretty much just continues the story of City Boy, a.k.a. Cameron King popping from universe to universe, popping from city to city and kind of just continuing his adventures, so um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm keeping my um, you know, I'm keeping my, my mind open for all these series um, trying not to be too close-minded about it, because I think some of them could be very interesting, some of them could be very milk toast. who knows, it's too early to tell, but I'm at least excited that you know, they're trying to give some of these newer, more diverse characters a push, especially with all very diverse creative teams, which I think is really nice. Um, so check them out when they come out in f- three months, something like that. Um, right on. Hopefully, they are uh, satisfying and enjoyable. And uh, that's pretty much all I got.
0: Right on. Oh, that's exciting. There's definitely been some uh, interesting new characters coming out. Definitely. The Vigilite I'm still kind of on the fence about but City Boy and as we'll talk about later with Sir, um City Spirit Boy. Spirit World, Spirit World uh, I'm yeah. still kind of interested. Definitely. So we'll see. It's always good to see new characters. Okay. Uh a quick rundown of my new thoughts cuz <laughs> since I started this show uh started on this show rather. Um I've been vocal about not enjoying Grant Morrison's Green Lantern, and as I found out, many other Green Lantern fans share my apathy towards it. So I Mm -hmm. feel kind of justified. But I've taken my second go-around. At least with the first six issues. Because I remember when I first read it, I got to issue seven, and I had to stop because it was too much. And I know why. When the first few issues came around it just wasn't what I was expecting at all and that's my own fault I had expectations I should not have had expectations but this time I studied I got up on my Grant Morrison I went through Batman R.I.P. I, I went through his action comics from New 52 I read some Final Crisis stuff so I'm Grant Morrisoned up and I read this and it was still kind of iffy at start but I get about issue four and I start to like it Actually, really good. Mm. The art I didn't like at first either, but I've come to appreciate it more. And Lantern Volk is one of my favorite all time lanterns.
1: Not Trilla True.
0: Trilla True is interesting, <laughs> but there's something about Volk that just screams rumble. You know, it's it's good. It does. That He's it does. awesome. Yeah. Or Floozle
1: Flem. I can name pretty much every. <laughs> lantern that was introduced
0: in that run. Uh, yeah, that was, that, yeah. Was, uh, that was something. The, uh... Oh god, I don't remember the name of the aliens now. The alien race that Kanjar Ro was from, they looked freaky. See, that was the thing about yeah. Liam Sharp's art. I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was used to the art we'd had for the past, the previous, like, 15 years, which was not so hyperactive and and crazy at times Uh, so it was just yeah it threw me off but it is actually really really good Mm -hmm. that was sort
1: of what really pulled me about liam sharp's art at first it was just so different from the kind of house style that the lanterns had developed you know in the past decade or so and it was for lack of a better word, alien, which I felt like was appropriate. So pretty much every character you see is different in some way. Yeah. Even Hal is, is bizarrely different from his Lantern cohorts. Pretty much no one else looks like Hal. Yeah. Um, save for, you know, the other human looking. I forget. I think the the Adam Strange like team-up slash, well, not really team-up, but the Adam Strange story where he's kind of thrown against him. I think that's is that issue 5 or issue 6? Uh, Remember?
0: it's 4 into 5, I think? 4 into 5. Or 5, okay. no, maybe this 5 into 6. Yeah. yeah, I think it's 5 into 6. Okay. Yeah, because 6 ended with him going into the ring world, where... Yeah. Oh, wait, actually, Murr I White do have ended. a
1: question, because you were, you were reading this out of the trade and not... Um, you know, issue by issue and yeah. I, I did wonder something about the reproduction of the issues in the trade do yeah. the when they have like the covers when it introduces a new issue do the covers have like anything on them or is it just is it blank
0: oh it's just blank no. I, it doesn't have any of the okay. bonus text which yeah, which is a shame because cool. those are really cool
1: because yeah. those were honestly that was some of my favorite stuff was just every month seeing the cover and it was like mm. you know I uh, think. like issue three or issue four when he goes up against um beelzebeth and it's like you know the emerald knight versus the queen of night like oh that's so great that's like yeah. just the best you know yeah, description like. you could possibly
0: have wait did dark stars have any of that yeah or black stars whichever they are Oh uh, yeah
1: black stars i think had those two
0: um but I, I don't okay, remember if it
1: was yeah, quite I cracked much.
0: open season two, and it starts with Black Stars issue one, and it's just a blank cover. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah, the
1: Countess Beelzebeth thats like but, probably probably my favorite character in that run, and she gorgeous art. Yeah, I, w- I, w- right. I won't say yeah, I won't say that she comes back in season two. I won't spoil it, but because that story yeah. kind of gets wrapped up in Black Stars. But yeah, she was oh man, just my I favorite know. character.
0: I oddly enough, Black Stars I did read. I think I read like the last couple of issues of season Mm -hmm. one. I just skipped a bunch. I might have actually just skipped issue seven because that's the one with, um, excuse me, for White. Yeah, Yeah, where he's in the ring and it's like all over the place. It was hard to read. I just kind of, I can't, uh, uh, I think I was sick at the time. I just couldn't do it. So (laughs) at least that I skipped. But my favorite thing about these trades is underneath the, the jacket. Is just freaking gorgeous artwork. I love this stuff. Wow, yeah, that's gorgeous. Yeah, and volume one like both books from season one have um a double finish on it, like uh, the characters are glossy where the rest is like a matte finish, and it looks so good, it pops so well.
2: Yeah, the the art in there could be written on a piece the the art in those books could be drawn on the back of a pizza box and it would still be stellar. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, I have a new appreciation for Liam Sharp's art. At first, oh, like yeah. the He's first great. image you get, which was the cover of the first issue, Hal just looked incredibly big. Like his mm-hmm. upper body was way too big for me, and that threw yeah, me away. Yeah, I remember. Right I
1: remember it, it was like August of 2018 or something when they formally announced it, and they had that cover. And I remember I was I was in the same boat as you, where I saw that cover, and I was like, ooh, this is something's not right. Like he's too top heavy. He looks like a luchador or something. But um, I think I think once you actually saw the interiors and just how. Um, Sharp could kind of visualize the lanterns, you know, lanterns being all the different kinds of lanterns. Yeah, it really gave me an appreciation for his art. It was just that first cover was a little wonky.
0: Yeah, and the texture on each suit too was really good. Yeah, yeah. So for now, first six issues, second go around, stellar. Mm-hmm. Part two, we'll see. I want to actually finish season two. It's gonna be even more interesting because I maybe got like two issues into it. And I was like, I can't do this again. See,
1: season two, I think, looking back, I actually liked it more than season one because it had complexity. And I think if you go through it and you really just try and okay, let's break this down as much as you can. It, I think, I think there will be something that you can appreciate even more than season one, just because season two with Ultra War and with all the different aspects that it was trying to tackle, not just of Lantern mythology, but Of everything else related to Hal Jordan, um, and sometimes the opposite of Hal Jordan, or the anti-Hal Jordan, which I should say, uh, but I won't spoil because it's a really cool issue. Um, There's just a lot to appreciate about the second season. I I would say it's more ambitious.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm excited to check it out. Mm -hmm. But we'll see how it goes. Yeah, best of luck. All right, so with. that i think i'm all good uh josh you want to put us into honorable mentions
2: i could definitely do that um i suppose let me knock that one that i mentioned um off the list first uh danger street number three it seems to be a bunch of people's favorite book out there right now a lot of people are liking it I just can't bring myself to get interested in it. The idea is cool, but the writing is so very dry. Um, it feels more like I'm reading a newspaper than a comic book. Um, so I can't say that I suggest that one, unless you know. I mean that's your that's your thing. Uh, next up, Batman the, the Batman the Animated Series: The Adventure Continues, Season Three, Number Two. It is Bitas. So why don't you guess if it was good or not? <laughs> uh, for the record I've the, been loving all three seasons yeah for sure Beyond the White Knight number 8 the entire frigging world of White Knight is spectacular and you're a bonehead if you say otherwise it's another great issue here plus Wonder Woman and Green Lantern show up but with not with jobs that you would expect them to have and then finally a book that I have been looking forward to for so long I almost wish it was in the spotlights um, Swamp Thing Green Hell number two uh, I, it, it was so good that I went back and read it again and it is not the kind of book that you need to do that with such beautiful, beautiful colors such such gorgeous art a very emotional and very very well written story now the only thing that I need to know Is when do we get book three? The Swamp Thing Green Hell was just amazing. I loved it. I think it's supposed to be next month, isn't it? I
0: thought
1: when they announced
0: (laughs) it was like month after month.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's coming out next month.
2: Nice. That makes me super happy.
0: All right. Uh, well, that's uh, it. Uh, yo, yeah. Uh, before we move on, actually, Beyond the White Knight. No spoilers here, but there is a promise of more. <laughs> Which is yes, funny because I thought coming. this
1: was the end. It was supposed yeah, to. That's what, yeah, that's what, that's what Murphy had said, but, you know, a book does well enough, it never ends.
0: I mean, realistically, and again, no spoilers here, uh, how it ends. Kind of alludes to the fact that it's not really going to be a White Knight title anymore. Yeah. Right. So the White Knight saga is done. I think. Yeah. Basically. And then it's going into just exploring the universe. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to expand the world with different titles.
2: Yep. There's literally an entire White Knight universe at this point, and. um if I'm not mistaken, that was even mentioned in the multiversal map, the the latest one that we got. So um, I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's good. Am, am I mistaken? It, there, there is, I, I, they came out with a, a list a while back about all the new confirmed Earths. And I want to say that the White Knight one was on that list
0: i i meant to check that actually i couldn't remember yeah i I believe so
1: but i don't have it in front of me right now
0: yeah right on well all right uh so that is the honorable mentions and now we're going to take a quick bite out of a book and that is with batman inc number five and mr josh is
2: going to tell us about that one i will um, so that is Batman Inc. number 5, written by Ed Brisson, Art inside and out by John Timms, with Rex Locust uh, on colors and Clayton Cowell on letters. Uh, it starts right off with the knight and the rest caught in a big red cube, so they can't help Ghostmaker. Back to Phantom 1 telling Clown Hunter to end Ghostmaker. Back to the red cube, and Grey Wolf breaks them all out of it um, after they wake him up. That is, uh, Clown Hunter won't kill Ghostmaker, so Phantom One and Ghostmaker fight. Eventually, Ghostmaker wins and lets Phantom go. Phantom One go um, after they both have been uh, stabby stabbed a few times, and uh, that's pretty much the book. At the end, Batman of China is walking in on Dr. Wu, and there's a bunch of bad guys with a knife at Wu's throat saying that they've got a message for Batman Inc. I do feel like it was a good way to wrap up the storyline. Both Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker have grown into decent heroes, or at least they've moved a little bit closer to that. Uh, the team is working good together, Batman Inc. as a whole, and here's another group of bad guys to dive right into the the art looks good in here the colors look great tims and Locus are a perfect match it's one of my favorites today and ed Brisson is doing one hell of a job this series is still a favorite i gave batman ink number five a nine out of ten brandon do you want
0: to go first
1: sure yeah no i thought it was a very solid way to end this arc of uh, no more teachers, I think it was called, um, and uh, really just brought a, a clear, decisive end to it, while also leaving some uh, some doors open for stuff. I, I thought it was maybe a little, I don't want to say rushed, but it was kind of an abrupt ending. Like I definitely saw, you know, the fact that Clown Hunter was not gonna kill um, Ghostmaker coming, but um, it did seem a little abrupt and just how he was willing to just forgive them and kind of let them be like, okay, yeah, we're we're cool now. Like, I've I've learned, which is a good way to show progression, but it seems a little fast at least. Um, but yeah, aside from that, solid ending, can't really complain. Looking forward to seeing what the next arc is going to be with Dr. Wu and whoever these mysterious guys are and what they have against Batman Inc. It's, uh, it's just the perfect way to kind of set up what comes next. So it's got an 8 out of 10 for me.
0: Uh, I wasn't disappointed, but I did find this underwhelming uh, mostly because you kind of get the feeling that Phantom 1 was not going to win and it was. I'm not going to say it was telegraphed but it wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be I did like that Ghostmaker staying true to his no-killing uh, deal with Batman I was just really hoping for more excitement uh, 8 out of 10, not bad, but not great Agreed. Yeah. Alright, so with that, we are done our quick bite section for the week, and we're going on over to shine a spotlight on our soul spotlight book of the week. And as has been the last few weeks, we are taking a look at Lazarus Planet tie-ins with Dark Fate number 1, with a beautiful cover from David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez. Our first book is about, our first story, rather, is about the Huntress, written by tim are seeley in
1: this one rob yes i gotta, I gotta get
0: ready yeah we're gonna Sexually. tag team this i'll do one and three and you can do two and four if you're all good with that okay all right so this one backs, huntress is written by tim seeley with art from baldemar Ravas colors from ivan Placencia, and letters from carlos m Mangual. Simply put, Helena returns to her old stomping grounds at the Arkham Tower, as seen in the famous Detective Comic story The Tower, where the residents have yeah. been turned <laughs> have been turned by the Lazarus Rain. I say turned like they're zombies or vampires or something, just turned into more powerful villains, or a little crazier, if you will. Uh, after fighting some familiar foes and the current ringleader of them, Killer Moth she hopes that this does not lead to anything worse which of course rain resin is pouring into the basement where someone is awake that should not be leading to something worse and we will get more I believe it said this year this fall something like mm-hmm. that uh, I was fine with never going back to the tower <laughs> gotta be honest but I'm not against this I thought this was a pretty cool story I do wonder who that is. Like I have a feeling that I know who that is in that room that said "danger, do not wake," but I can't quite figure out who it is. Like it's on the tip of my brain. Like it's somebody who
2: shouldn't be awake.
0: There's a yep. There's a You number. know who it is.
2: This is this is this is Jeff John's prediction coming right. That's the Hulk. Oh shit. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, shit. Also, I've been having
0: the year wrong this whole time. I kept saying, like, Secret Crisis 2025. It's not 2025. It's like 2030 or something. I don't know why I kept saying 2025. We got
2: time. It's going to happen. Just you watch. Yeah, we'll see. Um, This story is supposed to be continued in the summer of 2023. That's it. And, um... About the only thing that has me interested in it is that last half panel. Um, nothing else really seemed to matter. The art—I mean, art was mostly good, a little inconsistent, um, but I don't feel I, there was really nothing for the whole for the whole story at all, except for that very last page, and not even the whole page. So I was I was a little under underwhelmed from this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah it wasn't uh wasn't fantastic. It was enjoyable enough, I'd say, for <clears> me, <throat> but yeah, it wasn't fantastic. I think yeah, at I least mean, for I me a the sport, tower be a has seven five
2: taste. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's all yeah. it was. <laughs> Et
0: toi, Brandon?
1: Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm with Josh on this one. The only thing that's even vaguely interesting to me is just seeing what the mystery is with, you know, who they didn't want to wake. Um, but other than that, I don't know. It just feels like they kind of don't know what to do with Huntress, which is a shame um, because Huntress is a They're great doable. character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. This is just feels like, uh what do we... What what are we gonna do with Huntress? Let's just throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Maybe this one will work. Spaghetti. But yeah, it feels like that for a while. So this one's just kind of another in a long line of kind of uninteresting
2: Huntress stories. Yeah. You didn't like Vile?
1: Uh, no, I can't say I did.
2: No, you shouldn't say you did either. Yeah, that oh, would be a lie. God. <laughs> See, I'll admit,
0: when, when, when I saw the resin going into the, the sewers or the basement, I, my first thought is it was wild, but then it had that sign on the door.
2: I don't know. Danger, do not wake. And the thing about it, the thing that has me, it uh, that's got me thinking, okay, well, this isn't just Joker or Croc, you know, something along those lines. The person inside the room, is saying oh no. So like like they didn't want to be woke up. Yeah. So that's got me very 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 interested as to who it might be.
0: Like I'm I keep trying to think of of characters whose abilities have to do with sleep and like every character I'm thinking of their abilities happen when they are asleep.
2: Well, see, the thing so that that's... I'm thinking of, the thing that I'm wondering is, uh, a a a a bad guy that would be locked in Arkham Tower, mm-hmm. who would be repentant and and feel guilty about what he's done, wanting to wanting to continue to be a good guy, um, but sees now that something really bad is going to happen because they got woke up um if i'm trying to wrap my head around what kind of a bad guy that would f- uh fit with and i can't come up with anything you yeah. know any repentant bad guys that could be locked up in arkham i mean nobody that's going right to have now. that sign on their door calculator calendar man i mean yeah it could even be a
0: forgotten hero. Could be anybody. I don't know. We'll find out this summer. Hopefully, it's an interesting story.
2: I'm all for Watch it. Watch it be some kind of weird, random character like Blue Star Man just showing up out of nowhere.
0: <laughs> Yo, I'm down for that.
2: <laughs> well, it happened in Danger Street. <laughs>
0: Alright, now we're moving on to our next story, which is the Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Brandon, fill us in. My
1: pleasure. Yes, this is the Unstoppable Doom Patrol making their uh, somewhat grand return uh, to the DCU uh, for whatever that entails. Um, But this is a short little story brought to us by Dennis Culver with art from Chris Burnham. Colors from Brian Raver and letters from Steve Wands. And uh, the premise could not be more simple. There is a breakout of crazy metahuman activity at a secret remote island um, that is being watched by the U.S. government. And naturally, the supervisor, one General Blanche, calls the Doom Patrol the world's strangest heroes to deal with the world's strangest threats. And in this case, the strangest threats are... Basically a metahuman monster that has infected everyone else down there and just driven stuff crazy. So the DP steps in, does what they do best, and tries to cut off a threat before it gets any worse, but you know, do it in a way that's not, uh, for lack of a better term, dehumanizing uh, to the metahuman, but in a way that helps the metahuman and uh, hopefully will provide some kind of relief and comfort for them later. As they leave the underground bunker, and General Blanche meets them at the top, informing them that there's no way they're letting that crazy metahuman out of their sight. The DP informed them that that's really not in their uh, jurisdiction, because it's their job to take care of the strange metahumans that are around the world in a humane way, not in a keep you locked in a cell kind of way. They have a little standoff where they basically say that they have mutually assured destruction and then the DP goes off on their merry way Uh, and we will follow them in their continuing adventures in Unstoppable Doom Patrol Number 1 on sale in March 2023. So this is our first peek into what the future of the DP uh, is going to be and I think a little while ago I had had talked about um, how... The series was kind of being billed as really being grounded in the DC universe and you were going to see all these different dynamics with characters and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that could not sound less interesting uh, because the last thing I really want to see is, you know, the Doom Patrol getting in a fight with like the Justice League of the Suicide Squad. Like, who cares? That's that's the most ridiculous thing you could possibly have. Like if you're reading the Doom Patrol, it's for the strangeness. It's for the bizarre. And it doesn't necessarily have to be disconnected from the DCU, but it shouldn't be so, you know, entrenched in continuity that it's, like, it just loses itself and they become yet another super team, which is not, it's not like in their Wildcats. name. They're the world's, stra- yeah, they're they are not the Wildcats. They're not, you know, the
2: Teen Titans. They're the world's strangest heroes. Like, they should be off in their own strange little way. Mm-hmm. I think... Well, I mean, not and, not that I hate what PKJ did. I mean, we, all, we were all big fans here, but teams like Wildcats... The authority, Doom Patrol. Great teams, yes, they exist in the larger universe, but they work best by themselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and and in this case, I think as a first peek into what these stories are gonna be, I think this was a a good, if fairly safe example. Like, I I felt I felt good about it. I felt like it was a great story, or at least no, not great story, strong story great for what it needed to be um, but ultimately not exceptional which you know you're not going to get from a Lazarus planet tie-in obviously um, but yeah it just felt like a very traditional um, Doom Patrol story and, and not even yes. like traditional in the Morrison sense or in the Gerard Way sense it felt like this is the team this is sort of what they do here's an example of how they do it cool um, so while I love the art from Chris Burnham. I feel like he's the perfect fit for a Doom Patrol book, and I truly hope that they let him just unleash the madness um, in the in the upcoming miniseries. Um, I feel like this story is a first uh, indicator for what the series is going to be. is It's like right on the fence for me. It's good. It could be better, but it's not terrible. Um, and it's certainly not as you know continuity heavy as I, as I expected it to be. So this one I gave a 7.75 out of 10. Or I don't know if we're ranking it, but um, anyway. For this story, is just like, it's it's okay, it's not bad, um, but it's it's certainly not exceptional. So that's that's
0: where I am. Yeah, I, I didn't have much. <laughs> I just sort of, I don't know, see, I, I, I guess I forgot to rate more. Because all I wrote was, great read, can't wait for the book. <laughs> I I enjoyed it. Um, the art, motherfucking was... chainsaw none. Fucking right. <laughs> uh, the the art was a little out there at first, but that's that's Chris Burnham. It takes a couple of pages to get used to. Like it's it's almost a little jarring. At Matches first.
2: the characters though. Matches the yeah, book, but for sure. But even
0: when when I see pages from new 52 batman inc i'm like holy shit that's what they look like that and, and then i remember oh yeah that i was chris burnham and, <laughs> and then i remember the page of damien getting stabbed through the chest with a sword like okay yeah i see that now it's Aww, it takes to me it takes a couple of pages <laughs> <Talkin' jerk. laughs> it takes a couple of pages to get used to it um but yeah it's i i didn't hate it i rather enjoyed it I'm 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 all for the next uh, installment of the Doom Patrol, but I get what you're saying. Like they, um, they shouldn't be completely intertwined with the universe at large.
2: Definitely not. Yeah. Um, it was cool seeing um Crazy Jane showing up as three different people here. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was cool, all within one book. Um, getting new people used to the idea of exactly who or what she is. Um, everybody else is pretty self-explanatory. Um, if I was if this was like a standalone issue or whatever, I'd give it an eight probably higher. Um, I, I probably would have given it higher if it wasn't for the art. Um, when I when I look at this all I can think of is, how much it looks like the the shitty Jon Stewart stories we were getting there for a while. And that that's bothering me a bit. But the story, the reason why we're getting a Doom Patrol book, I can definitely get behind it. I like it. Plus, there's no Flex Metallo. So, so far, this is all aces. I am definitely looking forward to the first issue in March. Hell yeah. And no, I really, really do not like Flex Metallo. Annoying character. But is that, the, the story is pretty awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, is Chris Burnham doing the art for the main book as well?
2: Yes. Okay. All right. I will be prepared. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to go in prepared myself.
0: Yeah. God, I'm just thinking like, at least for me, if there's ever a, a combination you'd think would be way out there, was Grant Morrison and Chris Burnham, but wasn't really that out there with Batman Inc.
1: No, yeah, I think Nameless was really where they kind of were like, okay, let's just fucking pull out every possible stop we can, which I think is why that book was um, what it was, is is putting it nicely. Um,
0: But, yeah. But yeah, Yeah. yeah, All right, so with our next story in the book is about Circuit Breaker, a brand new character which is written and drawn, basically fully created by A.L. Kaplan with letters from Hassan El Hao. Jules Jourdain is the title character, uh, and they are a regular old theater brat trying to make their way in this big old world as an actor. Except... The owner blew a hole in the wall, and then Jules got powers, which lets them absorb the blast, and then they have nowhere to put it, so they put it in their friend, but it hurts her, so they take it out of their friend and keep it until Avery Flash arrives to help. That's the story. Zoom. That is the story. Good. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I very yeah. much liked it. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> honestly, it's... it's It actually is pretty simple plot uh, as an origin story. The power set is still very vague uh, And is Potentially rooted in The still force Though that remains to be seen I know when the character was first Kind of dropped in a press release They did mention the still force As being part of the power set Which a lot of people were confused As to why they were then called circuit breaker Because what the hell does that have to do With the still force But we will see Seeing how the the power goes right now Circuit breaker kind of makes sense um, I, I like it. I like the character. I'm excited to see more. Hopefully, we get more soon. Uh, I think this is a, a win for Lazarus Planet so far. Yeah. Yeah. No, well. this is
1: easily my favorite story in the anthology. Like, just this is a, a great kind of classic way to introduce a new character. Um, beautiful art from A. L. Kaplan. Well, I'd seen that name before. I think he did a book with joe hill at boom but i just I was kind of like oh okay yeah whatever i didn't really think anything of him um but i i, I wish i had you know checked that book out a little bit more closely because um, if it if the art was anything like it was here i definitely would love to to uh look at that a little bit more closely um but yeah no great way to introduce a new character i hope if anyone gets a new series i hope it's circuit breaker i just love their story so far um and I'd love to to see what else they could do it. And I hope they keep this this team, just uh, Ale Kaplan doing everything, which I'm sure can't be easy, but uh, if you're up for it, please,
2: we'd love a series from you. Yeah: As um, far as I'm concerned, uh, well, uh, this was not my favorite story of the whole book on the opposite side of you guys there. It is the first time that I've heard one of the other forces outside of Williamson's run, so at least something did something with that, so pluses. Um, Jules Jourdain annoyed me right on the first page. Um, what happens is really weird. Uh, whatever the energy Jules absorbed from his friend is really weird. Uh, getting the still force from Lazarus Reign is weird. And Avery is talking like she's in the Silver Age with some old chum kind of dialogue. If they drop how dramatic Jules is, I mean, we literally see him fall back with his hand across his his forehead. Um, Then, if if they drop just that part, then I'm totally on board with this character. (laughs) <laughs> but you can't, you can't be a superhero and fake faint. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. Wait, wait, um, fake what? Fake faint? Oh, fake Where? faint. Well, that's that's theater
0: brats for you though. Like, <laughs> I don't theater brats my ass. I don't care. <laughs>
2: Uh, honestly, one thing that I, I, I will grew up say... was
0: one. I grew up with them, and that is spot
2: on. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> that, that's yeah. the thing that actually happens. <laughs> it's, that doesn't make it okay. Um, the one thing that I will give this book major, major props for is, is not for the fact that they've got a transgendered character in the lead role. It's not that. It's the snippet of art that shows how far this person has transitioned with the double mastectomy being shown during their clothes changing. I thought that was a very interesting and important detail to include in there. So that one mm-hmm. bumped this up and the potential for it to be good bumped this up, but Jules needs to drop the theater kid attitude. Uh, other than that, I guess, let's let's see where it goes and hopefully make some more sense out of whatever it was that really happened here. Yeah, good potential not full on it yet that's... fair enough okay really well be... with
0: yeah <laughs> that's fair and with that we are getting into our last story of the issue and as mentioned before conveniently by Brandon Brandon will be telling us about the last story and that is about the spirit world because I it is. couldn't remember the names of any other characters in it and forgot Ooh. to look it up
2: Zanthi Cho, yes.
1: specifically focuses on the envoy of the spirit world in a story brought yes, to sorry. us by Alyssa Wong, with art from Hai Ning. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sebastian mm-hmm. Chang on colors, and Janice Chung on letters. And it is a story about one of the envoys of the spirit world, a a non-binary character named Zanthi Zhang. Um, I, I think they're non-binary. I saw that mentioned somewhere. Anyway. Um, they're basically doing their job just trying to kind of commune with spirits only to have the spirits rebel. Um, and the I believe they're called the um, the hopping vampires or something like that. But thankfully, before they can get any kind of nasty upper hand on Xanthe, who should show up to her aid um, but Batgirl, the Cassandra Kane Batgirl, of course. Um, and they are doing their best to hold off the threat but uh, to make things worse that's when John Constantine decides to show up and of course he's complaining because Xanthi sold him some BS kind of magical object and he's very upset about it Uh, but they're like you just didn't use it properly but Constantine, thankfully, provides his use and is able to help um, both Xanthi and Cassandra banish the spirits back to the spirit world, but not before one of the spirits grabs Cassandra and drags her into the spirit world, which means that, as Xanthi says, she is trapped on the other side with no way out. Um also thought this was a phenomenal way to introduce the character. Dun. So super excited to check out Spirit World. Um I love the art too. It's very dynamic. Um kind of reminds me dynamic. of Dan Mora yeah. in a way. Um but well, <coughs> really good. I think it's just it's like a very polished, very tight story. The banter back and forth between Xanthi and Cassandra was right on point. Um, and even Constantine had his horrible moment to shine. Um, so it really just worked effectively. And I'm, I'm hoping all of these elements are continued in the Spirit World miniseries coming up in May. So uh, this is probably my second
0: favorite story of the anthology. Yeah, I was thrown for a loop at the end because I, I instantly went to Google and tried to look up Spirit World number one. I could only get the, uh, the old book from... Yeah, the Jack Kirby it was, uh, Yeah, Jack, Jack Kirby. Yeah. The, uh, I think it was the 70s. Yeah, and that's all yeah. I could find. I'm like, the hell, man? <laughs> so I forget they just yeah, hadn't yeah. announced it yet, and then here you were mm-hmm. today telling me that... Th- I still can't freaking find it. I don't know where you saw that announcement, but at least it's officially announced. Yeah, I can send it, yeah. Coming. I'm surprised yeah, you guys didn't see it. But... Yeah. I've been looking all day. I was like, I never saw a thing. I even looked oh. as you were telling us that it was announced, and I still couldn't find it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let me send it. I guess you're you're just that good. I guess. Got your ear to all the grounds. Uh, <laughs> I agree about Spirit sure. World though, like this this was really good. The art was fantastic. I loved the teamwork and camaraderie between Cassandra and Xanthi. It was really cool to see. And not often do you get to see any kind of heritage from Cassandra, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's it's really she's she's just the quiet yeah. killing machine, or she's a bad girl. Like that's you don't really get to see any any anything of culture yeah. or
1: heritage. Which you know makes sense because pretty much her entire childhood was dominated by Kane, so David Kane. so yeah. it's not like she had time for heritage lessons, but no, it's nice that she's
0: been able to connect with that since becoming Batgirl and yeah. all that stuff. Well, you can imagine, like, since breaking away from that life and becoming yeah. Batgirl and being with the Waynes, uh, she would take the time to learn that stuff. And it'd, it'd be cool if we could get a bit more of that mixed in with the character. Yeah. If it would not make sense to the story and all that, yeah. Um. Hey, beyond that, uh, yeah, it was just really cool. The only issue I had with this, uh, as far as I could tell, there was no Lazarus involved whatsoever, so that was kind of weird. Um, because they're also supposed to be part of the Lazarus Planet, introduce a new character, cool, and that's all. And like, if this is the avenue to do it, this is the avenue to do it because you get this book that's. All sorts of short stories. You're interested in new characters at the at the yin yang. That's cool. Uh, just at least mention it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just say, "Huh, there's a weird rain going on," or uh yeah, For some reason, was, I was weird Lazarus yesterday was when what, Green wing.
1: Yeah, for some reason, I thought the Lazarus was what brought the spirits back to life. But I maybe I, oh, might, maybe. Have, I might have just thrown that in um, without thinking. I mean, no, the, could have. Uh, I I might have not Xanthi. Seen
2: that. Ch- Xanthi Cho brings it up in dialogue on the first page, talking to uh, oh yeah, her grandma. Yeah. Oh, okay. I maybe I missed that, but or I forgot. All right, I see. You don't corrected. see it in the art, yeah. or or in anywhere of the yeah. At least it's mentioned in the story. Is really, all you need. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's fine. Oh, but, I liked and, it. I really yeah. liked it.
2: Me too. I think the whole premise here is really cool and I love the art. I do see the Dan Mora resemblance and I almost feel like Heining is like somebody put uh, Dan Mora and Jim Lee in a bottle and shook it up and this is what we got. And I'm okay with that. Um, really, really digging the art here. Uh, I do wish it wasn't in Gotham. That's the last thing Gotham needs is another character. There are other cities. Um, and of course, I've got the reservation about how. Well, continuity. It, obviously, this is going to be going on, but is it going to be reflected in other books? Probably not. So when did it happen? Oh, it didn't happen. It happened before this, and eventually, six years from now, somebody will settle it in the caption box. But other than that, man, um, this is this is just awesome. Uh, Heining, again is off the chain it's gorgeous the colors are right there with it i mean go through this story and look at uh xanthi chow uh, jeans in every single panel even in the ones where they're barely in they're all hella detailed and colored very incredibly well it looks great and i hope i hope it goes good places um this one was my I love the Doom Patrol story, but this one was easily my second favorite, and not far behind Doom Patrol at all. I gave the whole book, uh, I gave the whole book a seven point five out of ten, but I'm gonna bump that up to seven seven five.
0: Fair enough for the whole book. I gave it uh, eight point two five, maybe an eight point five. Couldn't quite decide, uh, so I settled on an eight point two five for now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd probably give it like an 8 out of 10. I really liked the last two stories with Circuit Breaker and uh, and Xanthi the Envoy. Um, but again, I think the, the Doom Patrol story I'm still kind of on the fence about. I just need, I need a little bit more before I can reach a final verdict. It just felt kind of safe uh, for now.
0: All right, with that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Stay tuned and we're back thanks for you for sticking with us wow i flubbed that hard (laughs) thank you for sticking with us i knew you wouldn't leave our side you're so sweet to us it was valentine's Uh, day after all that's all right listener you were my valentine this year just don't tell my wife she doesn't listen to this show anyway
2: (laughs) don't feel bad mine doesn't either (laughs) <laughs> she's just she's like, I got to listen to you talk about comic books all week long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that.
0: All right. So we're getting into our full dive section of the week, starting off with Wildcats number four. And Mr. Brandon is going to tell us what's going on with the crisis action team. Or is it crisis cult?
1: action team, crisis aversion team, covert action crisis. teams. Take your pick. Right. It's one of them. Whichever. <clears throat> Some combination of the, the words. Yeah, whichever, whichever you... Whichever one you want, but uh, at the end of the day, they'll still be wild enough for you. And uh, while they are indeed, because this is Wildcats number four, and it is quite the wild issue, to be sure, brought to us, of course, by Matthew Rosenberg, with art from Steven Segovia, colors from Elmer Santos, and letters from Farron Delgado. A, I don't want to say short issue, but, you know, fairly... uh, fast-paced issue, at least it was for me, uh, in that it really focuses on two perspectives. When we last left Cole, he was falling from the sky in the middle of a Middle Eastern country, which I've forgotten the name of, only to miraculously find out that he survived, but literally fell into the thick of a siege or coup or whatever the hell is going on and is now having to deal with that, so... You know, it's literally the embodiment of out of the frying pan and into the fire for old Cole Cash. But back in Star City, the Halo Corporation, Zealot, and Fairchild are trying to do their best to track down Cole because they don't believe he's truly dead. Spartan, or as he's going by here, Colt is kind of giving them grief, saying they can't talk to Marlo. Cole's probably dead. Who cares? But Zana isn't having it. And neither is Deathblow, apparently. Um... She believes that it is in their best interest to act as a team, but when she finds out that they want to go back for Cole, she apparently does not want to handle that shit. Cole is still trying to navigate his best way out of wherever he is, but unfortunately is not having much trouble and is really just leaving explosion, uh, or leaping from explosion to explosion. Um, We catch up with a little bit of, or we catch up a little bit with our Seven Soldiers of Victory coming fresh from hard work at a photo shoot, which as we all know is the most arduous thing you could possibly do, Uh, but unfortunately they just don't have the time to handle that kind of stuff. Even someone as powerful as Majestic who drops a truth bomb that I won't spoil here, but suffice it to say will lead some people to speculate over who Majestic truly might be. Zana and Fairchild are still trying their best to figure out a way to get in contact with Marlow, but unfortunately, Spartan is blocking their way at every turn. So, having enough of their grief, he sends them over to Miss Tereshkova, a.k.a. Void, the Russian psychic robot, whatever it is. Really not a a great way to describe what Void is other than that. Um, And they make their way... To where Void is supposed to be hanging out, only to find our lovely Maxine, a.k.a. Lady Tr- Tron, in the middle of a three-way with two Spartan clones, because of course- Don't call her Lady robot. Tron. Don't call uh, her Lady Tron. Don't call her Lady Tron. Well, I'm sorry, Maxine, I can't I
2: can't help it. Nobody okay? likes their- Sorry. Names. Can't call her Lady yeah, Tron, not my don't fault. call her Zealot. You'll always be Lady Cole Tron hates being called, Cole hates being called Drifter, he thinks Drifter. it's an insult. Yeah. I'm i love sorry. I'm sorry, Maxine,
1: I gotta call you Lady Tron. Alan Moore told me to.
2: One of the things I love about (laughs) the Wildcats. Yeah.
1: If Alan Moore told me to do it, I have to do it. So I can't not call you Lady Tron. (laughs) But anyway, Lady Tron sends them to where Marlo is supposed to be while Cole is in the midst of dealing with some ninjas. But then he gets a meeting with the head of whatever attack this is supposed to be and finds out that there is a deeper conspiracy at the heart of this, when he is face-to-face with none other than Angelbreaker, who we recall from Shadow War not too long ago. And I guess they have been hired to kill Cash because of something that he knows, or something that he wants to do. Cole makes some threats, but naturally Angel Breaker is not concerned at all, even when he mentions Zana, a.k.a. Zealot, but I know she doesn't like to be called that. And speaking of Zana and Fairchild and the rest of them, they finally make their way to an art gallery where Marlo is supposed to be, meeting with none other than Reno Bryce. Yes, you heard that right. Reno Bryce, a.k.a. Warblade from the original Wildcats, yeah. which is a cameo that I was not expecting. And no, not I at hope all. hope we can see him suit up at some point fun fact there is a warblade miniseries written by john ridley with art from simon bisley from 2004 i think it is that is oh, hilariously ridiculous and also very entertaining john ridley oh no shit
2: okay i'll have to check yeah. that out
1: yes he also did a Wildstorm, Wildstorm, an authority graphic novel with ben oliver called um Oh, crap, I don't remember the name, but it'll come to me in a second. Anyway, um, they're at the art gallery meeting with Reno Bryce, and naturally, Marlo is not pleased to see their idiots on the Crisis Av team. Um, they're asking if they can get some kind of reconnaissance team to capture or retake Cole, but of course, Marlo is not having any of that shit because Cole is just about as expendable as he can possibly be. Zana then decides that the best way to save her fallen teammate is to just head there herself, but of course she won't be able to do that while still a member of the team, so she decides then and there to resign. But Lady Tron stops her right before she can do anything too drastic and informs her that a dead body has build building and is none other than Mr. Cole Cash himself. So yeah, I don't know crazy stuff is, uh, is going on in the world of the Wildcats, and, uh, it seems like the stakes are continuing to escalate with each issue, so who knows where we'll be next week, uh, assuming Cole is somehow able to pull through death, which I'm sure he'll be fine. This is superhero comics after all, but aside from that, pretty fun issue. Uh, definitely a little jumpy. I mean, just moving back and forth between the Zana story and the Cole story and also the brief glimpse into the seven soldiers of victory it's a lot of moving around it's a lot of characters and I could definitely feel that at times but uh, aside from that I thought it was pretty fun and I'm looking forward to the next one and I really really hope that the Reno Bryce cameo is not just a fun easter egg because I would love to see him suit up as Warblade again but yeah this got an 8.25 out of 10 for me
0: uh, I'm curious to see how Cold Cash is going to get out of this one if he does. But like you said, it's Hero Comics, so most likely <laughs> he's going to be...
2: Yeah, We already talked about the Robot issue.
0: Chicken sketch last week. We already know. Yeah. <laughs> that this <laughs> Which, by the way, now that I've seen it, that's freaking fantastic. <laughs> right? Green yeah. Arrow just sitting in the back at his own funeral. <laughs> that was great. Um... Yeah, I I was kind of thrown for a loop though. I wish it started a little bit differently though. I get why they started it where they did with Cole because the last we saw he was just falling out of a sky, out of out of yeah. the sky, and right.
2: And here we see him
0: parachute. Way. Yeah, and he's just fighting <laughs> soldiers now. Like he didn't even explain how he landed. He just like I was falling out of the sky. Now I'm here fighting people. Like okay, but how did the fuck that happen? How are you alive? <laughs> I want to know it's that. It's Cole Cash, man. <laughs> He gave us a cliffhanger, and then you forget it even happened. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that that's that's a gripe for me. Uh, I do love the subtle comedy in this book. Uh, like he's just going around fighting soldiers, and then all of a sudden, oh great, now there's ninjas. Like what? <laughs> why why are there ninjas? <laughs> um. Yeah, art's really good. Characters are fun. Story's great. Eight point seven five out of ten
2: hell yeah um I'm gonna say it's pretty safe to say that grifter will make it through being dead my fingers are crossed that he will not wake up with uh his psychic powers or anything I I think that shit's better off left way back um but uh, Rosenberg, man, he just nails—he just nails the dynamic of the entire team. These characters, uh, he writes them like he was the run, one that wrote the first twelve issues. I mean, and I say that not as a comparison, but just to just to say that it feels like he loves these characters. And um, I just—I love how how nuts this book gets without losing the ability to make sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous, of course, especially with Segovia on the art, and I do like the colors for the most part, though they are a little too ridges in places with a lot of light and shadow. I am really looking forward to what comes next and what for certain will be Cole's fate. Um, I won't say that it's impossible for him to die, but I will say it's very unlikely right now. Uh, I gave it an 8.25 out of 10. Straight on.
0: With that, there's no clear transition. We're gonna jump right into Batgirls. <laughs> I couldn't even pre pre wreck one because I couldn't think of a
2: connection between the Wildcats and Batgirls. Um From people right. who don't like their name to people who share one. That's a good
0: point. That that's a very good point actually. <laughs> All right, this is Batgirls number fifteen, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, with art from Neil Gouge, letters from Frank Zvetkovic, and a beautiful cover from Jorge Corona and Sarah Stern. And I'm so honestly pretty. just noticing that this has an age rating on it. I don't think I noticed that on previous
2: covers. It says
0: teen, I think they're
2: starting to. Uh, I think they're starting to make those prominent again. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense.
0: No, I am surprised I this enough. is. Oh yeah, know I I, I could
2: see how this is a a thirteen plus book. Anyway, I digress. Well, I mean, they all every book this every book this week has the rating on the cover. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right, so picking up where we last left off.
0: Well, kind of. It is earlier as Cass is racing through a forest on her motorcycle to save. Steph from her father the clue master we then see clue master and Stephanie uh basically having uh you know what the hell's the word uh a talk off you know like
2: oh my god some father daughter catch up time
0: no what's that thing where like villains will monologue about their plans it's their Monologue. On speech?
1: Eh? The villain speech? Eh? Villain speech? But is there a word for it?
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, exposition. <sighs> oh,
2: yeah. 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 Alright, or that No, is that it? No, fuck it. I don't remember. It's called a oh. stupid mistake. I mean, yeah. why would you tell your plan to somebody that isn't dead yet? Anything can happen. You would think exactly. that these people know that by now. Well, Goldfinger, you
0: expect me to die? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to be safe out of this elaborate trap that is very easily escapable. (laughs) Anyway, this is not a very easily escapable trap. As Clue Master's got a gun, Uh, and not just any gun, his family's heirloom gun, which even his great grandfather had uh, during the war. And it was passed down through generations, and one day hoped to pass it on to his little girl, uh, but might be instead passing something else through his little girl um, out of the gun because he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all going to be decided by a trivia game because he's Clue Master <laughs> called Dead Wrong. Uh, and this is all about whether or not you can answer the right questions, complete with their own categories. Uh, fuck, this man is insane! Like of all the yes. psychopathic Batman villains, I never would have thought Clue Master would have been one of the worst. <laughs> and in worst terms of in being just way? insane, insane, oh. and like yeah. deranged. I never would have Pointless. guessed Cluemaster. I honestly would have put Condiment King above Cluemaster because who in the right mind
2: will go rob a bank with ketchup and mustard? Well, someone who would uh, reach in through the drive-thru of a McDonald's before they would go to Gander Mountain and buy some bullets. That's who. gotta figure stealing ketchup packets from McDonald's is way cheaper than getting ammo. That's all I'm saying.
0: To be fair, it's free. Is it really even stealing?
2: We'll leave that up to the professionals to decide. (laughs) I want to meet these professionals.
0: (laughs) What kind of job do you have? I want this job. (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) They all start Uh, off
2: interning for condiment gang. I don't know if you want that job.
0: uh, Oh, those kind (laughs) of... Okay, criminal professional. They The the kind of professionals that decide whether
2: stealing ketchup is a crime. Uh, There's those two. Who knows? I think that's the IRS. Food detectives. Which, that's just the plot to
0: Chew from John Lehman. Oh, my. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... (laughs) That was a good book. I don't know if you guys ever
2: read that. I
0: loved that book.
2: Um, I had to after you uh, you recommended it as one of your favorite uh, runs ever, so I uh, I went out and yeah. grabbed it up, man. Good yeah. stuff, good did, stuff. You liked it, yeah? I did, yeah. yeah Not your typical comic book, but a good read nonetheless. Yeah, yeah.
0: Very interesting story, especially how it ends. a bit of a piss off, but what can you do? Anyways, that's an entirely different book. We're talking about Batgirls. Uh, yeah, so Clue Master is asking some questions, and no matter what she says, it's wrong. So he shocks her uh, with electricity. Not a surprise. Wrong um, villain. Yep. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> <Sorry. an> Electrocutioner. <laughs> I'm yeah. never going to get through this book because now I'm thinking of that, that Spider-Man the Animated Series clip with the Shocker. Oh <laughs> you can run, Clue Master. I will chase you to the ends of the earth. You've got the earth.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Christopher Daniel Barnes. Shocker. The only Spider-Man <laughs> for me.
0: Yep. That's a fantastic cartoon and a fantastic episode. <laughs> chase to the ends of the earth. Oh, fucking hell. Some masterclass in voice acting. <laughs> <laughs> really giving it his all. Yep. All right. So as uh, as that goes on, and Steffi keeps answering questions wrong for Clue Master. Um, I wanted to call him Chuck Brown, but no, that's Kite Man. Uh, <sighs> sorry. Arthur Brown. Arthur Brown. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> keeps shocking her into the point that she is left to tears as Batgirl comes crashing in through a window, uh, helping to save Steph once and for all. Um, but Clue Master has left some traps, but Cass, being the expert ninja that she is, is able to dodge pretty much all of them, freeze Steph, and Clue Master is just about had enough. They begin to uh, put the beat down on him, but he has one more failsape up his sleeve, pushes a button, which blows up part of the cabin that they are in, leaving the three of them surrounded by fire and smoke. And as Cluemaster raises the pistol in his hand uh, towards Cass, Steph pushes her out of the way and takes the bullet right in the chest. Uh, to which, you know, I was thinking, finally, so, you know, Steph is saved. She's not going to die. Oh wait. Never mind. I spoke too soon. And then Cass is holding her Kinda. as her eyes go limp. Or her eyes go pale, her hand goes limp and blood is pouring out of her chest. The end. You... Ah. Liar. That's right, I'm a liar Because, as was conveniently placed last issue Cass has a vial of Lazarus serum in her uh, utility belt Drops just a little bit into Steph's mouth Which miraculously brings her directly back to life And because uh, she is kind of freshly dead uh, We'll say mostly dead uh, When he's partially alive Uh, It will not really have any bad side effects. Uh, So now with the two bad girls safe and alive, they take Arthur Brown down, call the cops, get him arrested, and the pair zoom off back to Gotham City. Where Arthur is just kind of done. He realizes (coughs) how horrible of a parent he is uh, and all the bad things he's done to Steph and just doesn't want to do any of this anymore. As you see in Arkham Tower a week later, he doesn't even want to help with therapy. Uh, Meanwhile, back at the loft, Steph and Cass are uh, kind of just having a little uh, pal-out on the roof of their building, uh, drinking some cocoa and having some good times together. Meanwhile, uh, Grace O'Halloran's apartment, there's a knock at the door, uh, and as she's... Saying no. I gotta sleep. I got a podcast in the morning. She sees a note Mm -hmm. with a bloody uh, statue bust. I don't recognize the person. With an envelope that says read me and a nice neat little bow on top of the head. Next, there's a very important date. Don't be late. That's a hint because they're
2: hinting at the Mad Hatter. At least that's what I'm taking. Yeah. Now for that that bust that you said, I wasn't sure that I was looking at a bust. It almost looked like a head that was, oh, like separate? to look like a bust. Yeah. But oh uh, god, I hope not. What'd you think, man? Did you like it? I liked it.
0: Thank highfather father Cassie's alive too, because that would have been not good. <laughs> No, um, no. I, I am honestly just guessing and assuming that it's Mad Hatter. They did seem to drop a lot of hints uh, like Clue Master um, mentioning Haberdashery. Uh, the next issue is a very important date. Uh, the calligraphy on the envelope saying read me is very old school which is totally Mad Hatter style. So I think that's going to yeah, be our next
2: villain for the arc. Um, and the cops flat out ask uh, Clue Master, if there if he's familiar with Tetch, yeah, that too. So
0: seems like that's going to be the next thing. And Clue Master did also kind of allude to the fact that uh, Tetch had something to do with his resurrection. And I know he kind of went into to, to some detail about his resurrection, but it was still kind of vague about why and how um, he was chosen to be brought back. Uh As for the issue, though, I enjoyed it. I think it was a nice end of the arc. Um, Not much really else to say about it. It was very simple in a way, but 8.75 out of 10, I I really didn't hate it. I think it was a good issue.
2: I mean, I I suppose it's a solid wrap-up for the Clue Master story. The, the, The art looks really good. It has definitely found its footing with the art. It's been staying there, which is a really good thing for me because I hated it at first. Um, I'm guessing that either clue Master is either coming back into play soon, or he was just a plot device that we can lock away um, just to link Jervis Tetch um, to the story. Now, I, I did, I do remember clue Master using the word haberdashery. But everything else revol- involving Touch um, happened out of uh, away from the Batgirls. Yet afterward, they they bring him up. So I don't remember Touch being involved, except there's this nagging thing in the back of my head, and I have not gone back. I have not gone back and looked it up, but I feel like back in the Spellbinder arc. There was a mention of mad hatter but i can't i can't i'm not a hundred percent maybe overall shitty memory aside this was not a bad one not a stellar one but not a bad one at all it was definitely a fun read um brandon i hope you know whether or not that uh Tesh idea was right but i gave this a 7.75 out of 10
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I didn't really have a ton of thoughts on this one. It was just a solid wrap-up, I guess. I was I was kind of very much over another Cluemaster staff story because I kind of felt like uh, we've done that to death. Um, so I'm glad this is over. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, a Mad Hatter story could be interesting. Uh, there have been ones that are pretty good and ones that are pretty average, so I'm hoping this one falls on the better side. But uh, Do you remember... 5 out of 10 for me.
2: Do you remember Touch uh, being brought up? The Mad Hatter being brought up back during the Spellbinder arc, or around that time for some reason, or am I thinking?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I think you're thinking of something else.
2: But but it was it was it it was recently.
1: Yeah, I think it was mentioned at one point or another.
2: Just like some kind of one. (sighs) Oh, I think I know when it was. When they met with the Riddler. Mm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll find out soon enough. What was I the know score Tej you gave? Was a in something. Yeah, he was in something well, at some in, point somewhere.
1: Yeah, it was in Arkham City most recently. Um, but uh, no, I gave this a seven point five out of ten. Um, the weakest part for me is the art. I just I can't stand Neil Goja's art.
2: See, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's better than how the series started out. That's funny. Uh,
0: before we continue, I just have, ran into some more news of another announcement for a title. Which, considering the solicits, promo most likely coming out tomorrow. We're going to get a lot more info about them. Uh, tomorrow, uh, a new Peacemaker series coming out in May, and it's being dubbed a adults-only Peacemaker series
2: called Peacemaker tries hard. <laughs> mm. Oh boy, I can only imagine what that's gonna be like. Yeah,
0: uh, it comes from d- Kyle Stark, Steve Pugh, and Jordy Belair. Which, uh, I
2: did see that kind of the season two of Peacemaker Peacekeeper is going to be um, is happening but it's been pushed back until after the first season of Waller oh okay fair enough alright sounds good
0: oh All I right, did have uh, a
2: piece of I did have a piece of personal news I uh, I forgot I had to get a new gaming chair why you oh, ask sure. don't worry I will tell you <laughs> About, I think it was, I want to say it was five days ago. Yeah, because of shipping and stuff. So five days ago, um, I go to sit down in my chair and the son of a bitch just completely moved forward. Just Mm. dumped me right on the fucking floor. So as I'm I'm looking it up, because the chair was only two years old and I knew I had a three-year warranty on it. I write people I'm like, "Dude, I'm 220 pounds, This is ridiculous." Yada yada yada. First email back, "The chair that you are the chair that you had purchased is only rated at 170 pounds. <laughs>
0: why why <laughs> Ooh, would any gamer chair
2: be rated that late?
0: That's what Do I'm saying. it's for an 11-year-old the average gamer these
2: days. <sighs> I guess not. But this tubby fucker is rated at 330, so it's 100 pounds over me. I'm good. <laughs> right on. So I am seated and I am Batman. Number 18. Yes. Written by John Ridley, Christian Deuce, uh, uh, Christian Deuce, Edward. Ugh, I can't talk at all. Written by John. I'm just going to start from the, from scratch now. Written by John Ridley. <laughs> Christian Deuce, Eduardo Pansica, and Julio Fiera on art. There, I did it. Rex Locus on and uh, on colors and lettering from Tori Petiri. So we are starting right off in the crap storm that the last issue left us in with Jace, Tiff, and Jace's birth mom all about to go um, and uh, die when the question shows up. Well, Hadia has the question, hopefully full-time at this point. And with some smoke bombs and a bulletproof jacket, she levels the playing field, or helps anyways, the cop shows up, King's men are losing, but King only cares about his men killing Batman and him killing the hostage, which is Jace's birth mom. Which uh, is what King's go- King goes to do, and he walks up to her. She had been prying the uh, panel, the access panel, off of a junction box, and uh, she used that to reach back and slash him across the face. Uh, He's not a fan of that, as you might imagine. So she runs, and he goes after her, and then Batman shows up. Batman shows up, and true to uh, his recent actions, he grabs him, and he starts to pummel him in the face until somebody stops him. I think this is a new uh, I Am Batman trademark. Uh, so uh, it's his it's his uh, his biological mother that stops him, and then he reveals his identity to her. And later they talk about things and maybe make in a relationship. Flip to Jace moving out of the Fox home and what I'm assuming is likely into the Helix, which is their Bat Cave. Tiff and Hadea are going to be brought into Chubb's costumed hero task force. I can't remember what her task force is named, but let's go with that. There is still no code name for Tiff yet, but it was brought up, and she is definitely sidekick status status now, looking pretty badass riding alongside her brother. And though the question is an ally, she is doing her own thing. However, all three are on the task force, so that's cool. Uh, The art and the colors are fucking awesome. They're really good. Even with three artists on it, it works really well. And Ridley is just really pulling this series off. I'm a fan, and I feel like it mostly just keeps getting better and better. And getting a team together in New York, a bat team, if you will. uh, That's pretty cool, especially with Hadea saying that she is, she both is and isn't the same question as before. So that's got me very curious when chubb had mentioned it she said yes and no um unless that is just a weak way to say that she was given the question by montoya which i feel is what like everybody knew so why bother saying that i hope it means something else but altogether man book is super good and i love it i gave it a nine out of ten What about you, Brandon? I think Rob's adjusting his action figures.
1: <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I was am, muted. <laughs> yeah, I am still... have can still continue to be very bored by this book and this issue was really no exception. Pretty much the only thing I have to say is at least it's
0: the last one. So, it's over. Well, then. <laughs> That's funny, because the... The first note I had is, I want more. <laughs> don't end it here. Um, wait, do you have a score?
1: Uh, what? I don't know, six out of ten. I kind of oh, was shoot. like, okay, I have to read this. So here we go.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> um,
2: I thought it was really cool. Super happy about it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, I was very interested in it.
0: Um, I thought it was really cool to see that Jace has kind of formed his own team but man I don't think it's fair to end it It's it's been a hell of a run it's been really interesting uh, I'm really invested in Jace's journey and his story uh, especially now uh, with so many changes that have happened
2: in even just the last issue it, it's so cool what's that? Uh, you said that and up until that point I completely forgot that this is the last fucking issue yeah (laughs) I wasn't sure if you remembered that or not no Uh, I did not fucking remember that thanks for well you know what that put me in a bad mood oh shit but thank you for saving it until after I wrote my reviews (laughs) (laughs) there we go right.
0: um Uh, yeah uh i i scored it an 8.5 i i really did really enjoy it i just wish it wasn't the end because it's 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 not great to end it 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 was a good ending because it just leaves stuff open it was still a good book i just i don't know i'm kind of hurt by the fact that it's over (laughs) so i scored it a little less i don't know
2: yeah. it's got so much set up so much potential it's it's finally exactly where it needs to be to be the batman of new york and mm-hmm. now it's fucking canceled and that's sad because i love I, I i i have not read his entire catalog i uh i started pulling up some titles after after uh brandon had mentioned uh the um what was it, Human on the Inside, the Authority trade, or the Authority yeah, graphic novel. that's the graphic novel, I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a few of the things that he's done. Uh, so I, I'm definitely going to be checking uh, checking out a few of those. Yeah. Uh, After reading the, the foreword that John Ridley had put in,
0: uh, that he wrote for DC Power, where he talked about mm-hmm how he he came to be writing I Am Batman and what that represented what that meant even to his own kid Um, and how his kid basically helped evolve the story too with the reveal of Jay's biological mother it got me even more invested in it and there was only one issue left (laughs) it's just so disappointing that it's done oh man what can he do at least somebody here is happy it's over
2: Yep. I mean I guess
0: <laughs>
2: I know it's it's not a weird me. feeling that like
0: two of us are in love with the book and upset about it and then one didn't like the book and is kind of happy about it
2: <laughs> uh, I, would, I would dare say glad it's going away so he doesn't have to read it anymore yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> oh well, well Brandon is too Brandon's too nice to go on a rant for it so I guess is it time to move on I, I would I don't
1: care it. enough about it to even rant
2: wow oh, oh, H- see I, see how like, mean. he can get yeah, this <laughs> isn't this isn't
1: I mean you know I could rant like I ranted about Tim Drake because that's something that oh I, yeah it's a character I cared about but like this book literally is it's like it's not even wallpaper it's like
0: it's like birdcage liner it's just there <laughs> damn damn <laughs> Not even like I guess I guess Birdcage liner would be better than like bonfire Kindle. I suppose. Yeah. Always try to look on the bright side. Always try to find the good in things. Mm-hmm. Somebody shoots in your dreams. At least it's worse or better than something else. Anyway. Yeah, that's our books. Uh, It's been an interesting selection this week, I would say. and We're going to see exactly how that translates with our top three of the week and favorite moment. If we had one, Brandon, why don't you start us off? Sure thing.
1: Uh, At number three, I would probably put um, Danger Street number three. I I did actually uh, dig this issue. Um, At number two... I would probably have Swamp Thing: Green Hell, Um, but uh, for my favorite book this week, I'll uh, I'll give it to Wildcats, which I I admit was a little jumpy in places, but probably the one I had the most fun with. Uh, My favorite moment this week is the last page from Swamp Thing: Green Hell. Uh, For anyone to say it's a to
2: some as Freflamere's run on Animal Man. Oh, you stole you, you stole my favorite moment. (laughs) I did. I I love that moment so much that I don't I didn't even pick a backup. Damn it. All right, I'll work on it. Uh, My top three uh, Wildcats was narrowly beat out by Batman Inc. I loved both of them equally, but um, Batman Inc. was the wrap-up of a storyline, and I appreciated that, and Wildcats. the, The only negative real thing that I could come up with there was the jumpiness that Brandon had mentioned, so that knocked it down just out of reach. So, Batman, Inc. for number three. Number two is gonna go to Swamp Thring Green Hell number two. That shit was awesome. It looked awesome. It read awesome. I'm dying to get number three. And then number one, it went to I Am Batman, and I Am Sad. I Am Sad Man That Batman Is Gone. God damn it. Um again uh my favorite moment as well was animal woman showing up at the end of green hell it got me so excited for the next issue to find out what the hell is going on but since brandon already took that one i'm going to say the last page of i am batman with uh with batman and tiff writing off uh writing off in the moonlight to fight crime together i thought that that was awesome and i'm so seriously fucking disappointed that this was that this is it that this is done
0: I hate to I mean, if, bear with that bad news I,
2: if, if I had to pick one and don't get me wrong GCPD Blue Wall is a fantastic book but if I had to pick one to get rid of it would be Blue Wall over Batman like 10 times out of 10 that'd be a hard choice for
0: me I don't know
2: <laughs> they're both really
0: good I might, I might agree with you there just slightly. Um, after hearing both your top threes, I'm very excited for The Biggest Stinker because I can guarantee all three of us have a different one. And I think that's the first, oh, yeah. time, that's the first time in a long time that all three of us will have had a different Biggest Stinker. But before we do that, my top three, at number three, I had Wildcats number four. Lots of fun there. Number two, I had Batman Beyond the White Knight number eight great ending to the series, uh, especially with The Promise of Um, more. Number one, I had Swamp Thing, Green Hell, number two, Hell of a Reed. I think that's the, oh no, Wildcats, I was going to say that's the only book that made all three of our top three lists, I think. But I think Wildcats, no, Wildcats just barely made your number four spot, I think you said, Josh. Uh, As for favorite moments, I kind of mentioned it during my review, I was going to have uh, when Cole that just brought up the fact that ninjas appeared out of nowhere. It's like, oh great, now there's ninjas. So I thought that was a lot of fun. But, at the... Instead, I'm gonna go with uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight number 8, where the Bat family is taking the fight directly to Powers International, and they're just swarming together as one big unit as a family. Uh, you see Terry f- gliding through the sky, and Bruce... And Harley in Batmobile, the ni- the nineteen eighty nine Batmobile of all things, being held up by the Batman Beyond Batmobile, and just being piloted by Dick Grayson and Jason Todd, and Terry just gliding along the alongside these two, such a hell of an image. I almost squealed on the bus. Me. It was really cool to see. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely gonna take it for me. That would be my favorite moment. God, I want that. Understandable. Mantra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so that was our favorite moments and books. Now it's time for your favorite moments. It is
2: <laughs> Oh, that's nasty.
0: <laughs> i I'm, I I kinda I
2: kinda wanna go last. <laughs> Just because mine's kind of out there. Um Well, Mine's out there too because I'm right. I'm literally the only person on the planet apparently that doesn't like this book. Um, but it's like <laughs> it's like it's like putting on golf to fall asleep, man. And uh, I'm, I'm, it's Danger street. It's not it's not that it's a bad story. It's not that it's a bad premise. It's just you know those really super long scenic descriptions by Stephen King and Anne Rice that you can skip four pages through and still get everything. Yeah. yeah, that's what this book is. It's just those. Pe- it's just those pages you would skip. <laughs> Everybody else loves it though. So, but yeah, that's what's on my stink list.
0: Fair enough. Uh, I think I think we can kind of guess Brandon's.
2: My runner-up yeah, is Tim Drake's um, last book.
1: Yeah, no, probably uh, <laughs> I am Batman for this week.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and for me, I had actually Batman Inc. number 5. Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> that's how I was, Mine's kind of out there. Uh, I was going through the list. And just like, out of all the books, that's the one that kind of disappointed me the most. It, it got the lowest score and was seriously just underwhelming for me. I just didn't care for it. This whole the whole run so far has just been kind of underwhelming for me. I'm not I'm not in love with it. I'm really hoping the next arc picks up. Well, yeah. fine, be that way. I will. <laughs> Wait, sorry. What was your pick again? Batman Inc. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Brandon has no problems believing that. <laughs> I I'm I'm expecting a. A lengthy message later after the show from Brandon, just saying, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you hate Batman Inc? No, this is why you should love it."
2: <laughs> oh, that sounds like more what I would say. Like Jesus Christ, is he writing half a book? He wrote a fucking novella. I think there's like eighty pages here, <laughs> and that is why Discord has a word limit. <laughs> because Josh goes on rants because people like me
0: <laughs> all right well with that is there any last minutes uh ideas thoughts provocations complaints strongly worded letters anything h h that's a good letter it's a very strong strong letter, letter. yeah the beginning of many many
2: good words <laughs> other than that no no man i think i think that that is it right on sorry i fuck like you said H, I was just thinking okay,
0: it's even constructed well like if it was a building it'd be real, it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's strong in construction but that's okay i just, my mind started wandering i need to stop okay so <laughs> that is our show Remember, you can help support us by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash NAR Check us out on Twitter at NotARobotComics, Instagram at NARcomicBooks, and subscribe to our Substack for bonus reviews, articles, and more. And as always, there's only one way we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each
2: other. And don't be a robot.